gets inside, leans in, knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top. This the dagger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. I guess we aren't fine in West. I have no idea what's going on anymore, guys. This is why I love the postseason. If you're new, great. If you're old, great. I do not care. We're just in it for the ride. Thank you for tuning in today's podcast episode. I'm your host, Josh Renangst, and today I have a lot I got to get to. John Morant, ever since he said, oh, I'm fun in the West. Well, buddy, you're out. You were out in six. And there's so much I want to break down. There is absolutely so much I want to get to because there's a lot of ha- a lot of things happening inside and outside of the NBA postseason. And I think it's gonna be very critical to break this all down. There's a lot that I want to get to. There's a lot that I need to get to. First, you guys know where to find me on social media, twitter.com slash courtsaheat, um, twitter.com is, I'm sorry, courtsaheat.com is where you're going to be able to find me with all my content, the podcast, since you're listening to the podcast, you know where to find me on that, but you got twitter.com slash courtsaheat, instagram.com slash NBA, and facebook.com slash courtsaheat, but the main thing that I use, main social media I use is twitter.com slash courtsaheed, twitter.com. So just go to their desktop or mobile. We will be there. Or I will be there. And just join the conversation. That's all I have for like announcements and social media. But I want to deep dive. I want to go straight into breaking news around the league because we have head coaching changes or potential changes or confirmations that they'll be staying or leaving. We have new G League teams popping up. Anthony Edwards could be arrested. We have the Sun streaming news. We have Rockets and Chris Middleton. We have the Bucks. We have KD and Nike. I have to give you guys an updated look at the postseason. Plus, my topic of the day is going to be answering where do the Bucks go from here? It's going to be very controversial, very straightforward, and yes, it's going to be very biased. So stick towards the end, or you guys can go through and just skim throughout this episode all the way to the end. But I think it would be fitting to start with the team that suffered the most this postseason. It's not the Nets. It's... Not the Timberwolves. It's not the Hawks. And it's not the Cavaliers. And I'm going I'm to get to them later, but I'm going to get to that in the updated look at the postseason, at the playoffs. 
No, no, no. The team I'm focusing on is the Los Angeles Clippers. And hats off, even though that I hate Russell Westbrook. And even though I don't see eye to eye with the Clippers, and I'm not a big fan of them because I'm a Sun, I'm a Suns fan. Hats off to them for competing their butts off, for always trying to stay in it, even when they were down by 20. It showed me a lot. Even though the Suns won in five, a lot of those games came down to the wire, or at least majority of those games. But the Clippers gave the Suns a run for their money, and I respect them. I respect Russell Westbrook. He secured a contract. He's getting the bag. He was averaging 23-7-7 during that series. So even though I like to talk trash on Westbrook, he certainly proved me wrong in a series that he still has a lot to offer. And it was just a crappy Lakers that ruined him. So I'm not apologizing. I'm just saying I applaud him. And they did prove me wrong in that aspect. Now, do I think Westbrook's always going to play like that? No, but when you're down two pieces and you're on the biggest stage of the world, or one of the biggest stages of the world, and you shine and you ball out like that, okay, that's recognizable, that's respectable, and I ain't got nothing bad to say about that. It's I, I can't say anything bad about that. I really can. I feel bad for PG. I feel bad for the call. I'm happy Russell Westbrook. I'm happy Russ is able to prove himself. Respect to him. He's going to be a free agent. I know many teams are going to be actively pursuing him. Clippers being one of them. They could be the front runner. Gotta remember PG and Kawhi. They all were advocating. Many players on the team. Many, many people within that organization were advocating. To the front office, to the general manager, to sign Russell Westbrook. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens and to see who Lawrence Frank is going to be signing. But I think Frank is going to be, I think he's going to resign him. Maybe a one year deal, maybe a two year deal. I don't know. But we're not focused on Russ. I just wanted to tip my cap to him. We all know about Kawhi. He tore his meniscus in his right knee. And if he did that in game one. And played through a torn meniscus. In game two. And balled out like that. My guy is a beast. And if everyone is saying that the Clippers should force him to retire. Or Kawhi should be retiring. No. No he shouldn't. That's that, the, the injuries are a part of it. He's had a very rough stretch of injury since 2021. He's had a rough patch. But to say that the team needs to force him to retire, that's just idiotic. I would never want a player to retire because of an injury. I still feel bad that in game one against the 76ers, the Bulls were up by double digits with a minute to go. D Rose tours his ACL. Tours ACL. Here's knee really bad. He was never the same. I'm not saying it's the same with Kawhi, because Kawhi's accomplished more. And he wasn't a rookie. I believe rookie or second year player, one or two. But you guys get where I'm going. Like, I never want someone to because if that was the case, then a lot of guys would just be quit. So don't fall for that. Just don't agree with that. Trust me. 
I feel bad for Kawhi, but he's getting bounced back. It's just another reason why load management does not work. It's just another reason why it doesn't work. But the Clippers have found something that does work, and that's Ty Lue. Ty Lue, the man that won, the coach that was held by LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, if you want to put it that way, win him a 2016 NBA Finals championship. He won himself a ring, despite the Clippers being eliminated from the postseason. Ty Lue expects to be back coaching this team. And I don't think that there's going to be a hot seat for Ty Lue. I'm explaining why. The past three years, it's been very, very tough. Even as a Suns fan, who really does not like the Clippers. I, as a as somebody who studies the game of basketball, and somebody who reports on basketball, I must be fair, I must be object, uh, objective. And I have to say, it's not been fair to the Clippers. It's been a very hard road for the Clippers since 2020, 2021, and beyond. The bubble showed, no, just killed them when they lost. What, what were they up, like 3-1, Nuggets came back? That was prime Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray was activating God mode, I swear. He went all tribal chief on him. Not Kim. Not even kidding. And that was before Jokic was really breaking out. Like, to the extent he is today. And even last season. But you guys get where I'm going. Like, they've just had a rough stretch 2020 until now. But these four seasons have been difficult for Ty Lue. But he's been able to manage. He's been able to play with the pieces he has. He's able to pick and choose. He's able to glue these things together and it may look like a, a Pablo Picasso painting it may look so abstract but that by the time it's all said and done you're like what the heck am I looking at it may be so bad yet it'll work in this season the Clippers weren't that bad they were beyond half decent then of course by the end of the year with a month to go Less than a month to go, like around the free week mark. PG thirteen, my my man Paul George, he hurts his knee. He can't go. He sustains an injury. He's done. He doesn't even play first round. He was already ruled out, uh, leading up to game one of the opening round. And then Kawhi gets hurt in game one. Play throughs the injury in game two. Can't go for the rest of the season. Then after the postseason, after the opening round loss. We find out that he sustained a torn meniscus. Feel bad. Knees are his Achilles heel. I really do feel bad. You guys have no idea how bad I feel. But the Clippers have had a rough stretch. And even to them, Ty Lue battled, cobbled it together, and willed his team. Because he's not a motivator. At least I don't see him as a motivator, but that's just my opinion. But he certainly put the pieces together and said, guys, go out there. Norm Plow, you're X-Factor. Russell Westbrook, you're proving yourself in the starting lineup. Because Russ, he's an athletic, down and dirty, gritty, gutty guy. Norm Plow, he'll drop 30 on your butt. That's just a proven fact. We saw in the postseason. These guys work together. Zubox. 
he continued to be himself, continued to be a physical presence. And even though there was head-scratcher moments from the officials, from both teams, or really from the Clippers, you could still respect and say, look, they gave him an honest fight. They gave him a true, competitive fight. Real deal. No, 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 no stupid talk. So that's why I believe in sure Ty Lue is expected to be back and deserves to be back. Just with all the crap he's been having to deal with. Because it's not, a, it's not easy. Now, that's with me saying I've never ran an organization. I've never been a professional coach. Um, They would never hire me in the first place. <laughs> but with that being said... Those are my honest opinions. So despite Los Angeles being eliminated from the postseason, Ty Lue expects to be back coaching this organization. The same could be said for J.B. Bickerstaff. So even though they got beat 4-1, who pretty much got massacred, brutalized, tortured, whatever word you want to put there, by the New York Knicks. Even after. This. Disgusting. Atrocious. Want to make you vomit and stab your eyes out. Series. Jimmy Bickerstaff will be returning. The Cavaliers. Per the Cavaliers themselves. Jamie Bickerstaff will be returning to the team next season. And that's the right move. So even though there was a setback. The core may be broken up a bit. There may be, not the core core, but pieces around the core may be shifted or moved. But changes will be made. That's clear. But I think the team, like the fans around the NBA, just not their fan base, were not expecting the Knicks to put up such a fight. But that's just the determination of R.J. Barrett and... Jalen Brunson, even when there was no Julius Randle at 100% due to the ankle injuries. I think one was to his right ankle, then most recently to his left ankle. That happened on Wednesday. But that just... That just... I, 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 I was taking the Cavaliers to go to the NBA Finals, and they got humiliated in the first round. But it makes sense that they're bringing back J.B. Bickerstaff. You don't move off a head coach that's been working. You just don't. So even though that the Knicks, in my opinion, were the underdog. The Knicks were the clear underdog. Because I saw Donovan Mitchell was the better. I thought they had the better team. I saw Evan Mobley, Karis Avert, Jared Allen, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland was the better starting five than R.J., Julius, Mitchell Robinson, Josh Hart, and Jalen Brunson. And shout out to Josh Hart, my man, playing 47 of the 48 minutes that game. My guy was a beast. Same with Jalen Brunson, 42 minutes. But th that's a beast mode. That's beast mode. Y'all can't take that away from him. And they got the dub. Plain and simple. It, it was tough. They got their doors blown off of them. There was no recovering. There was absolutely no recovering. 
And that's not me just saying that. Go check out the box score. Go just check out the game. Like, rewatch them. Trust me, I had to watch some of it. It was not pretty. By any stretch of the imagination. And even though a little close for some of them, it really wasn't. Game 1 was the closest. Game 2, Cavaliers won by 17. Then they got blown out by 20. They could never rebound. They could never stink and rebound. And personally, the Cavaliers were the better team. I had them as the favorite. I had them as the favorite. They were not the underdog. They were the top dog. Honestly. Honestly. But besides all of that, and despite the colossal failure that that series was, it makes sense that J.B. Bickerstaff is returning to Cleveland. And I don't think we were going to be expecting anything different. I wouldn't say, oh, it's time to fire J.B. Bickerstaff. I, I, I just, I, I, I would find it really ridiculous. And I'm happy that the organization is backing their head coach. I, I, I love that. Because Altman, he said to a, in a text message to the Associated Press, to the AP, He's like, quote, and that speculation. He's our head coach, and we have a lot of support and respect for the job he's done, end quote. Because you gotta remember, they made their first postseason appearance since LeBron James left five years ago. And I get that bigger staff was criticized for his strategy, along with his team seeming overwhelmed and pushed around by the Knicks. But, I like the play. I like how aggressive they were. They got their pieces. Now they're going to fine-tune it in the offseason. And they've been at this rebuild long enough to say, you know what, we're going to pull the trigger, we're going to get Donovan Mitchell, we're going to move around these pieces. So even if it seems rash to some, or barbaric, or just very hostile, in the nature of, we're going to pull this trigger, we're going to pull that trigger, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that. It's my way, it's my way, it's my way. No, it's it was not hostile. So someone said to me, the Cavaliers, what they did was hostile, very irrational. First, I would laugh. Secondly, I would call them an idiot. Then further, I'll explain it. And as harsh as that may sound, and I would not recommend anyone else doing that because it's dumb to do that. But for the context of what I'm saying, it, I have those free, those free steps. But the Cavaliers made the right moves. They just need to fit the pieces. This is a 51-win team. J.B. Bickerstaff, you could criticize the strategy all you want, but no one was expecting the New York Knicks, out of all teams, to come in and just triumph over them. Just to stomp a mud hole into them. No one thought that was going to happen. Maybe you could have said Miami. Maybe you could have said Philly or Boston. You could have said any of those teams. You could have. But no one was picking the Knicks outside of the New York fan base. Or the Nets. Since, they're, since they got eliminated. So their fan base might have just joined our New York team. 
So while we could criticize this team, I don't think they rushed in anything. This is now fine-tuning. But this is their end of the rebuild. This is the fine-tuning stage where you can say, look, we're making the postseason again. We're winning 50-plus games. We have a strong core. We did right during the trade deadline, during the free agency period, during the draft. We're fine-tuning it now in this offseason, and we're going to be smack-dab in the postseason again. We're not going to be in the middle. We're going to be soaring through in the third seed, the fourth seed, heck, even the fifth seed. Just worse comes to shove. I don't know. That's how I see it. So if people are criticizing the Cavaliers, do it based off their performance against the Knicks. Because, yes, Donovan Mitchell looked out of place. Yes, Darius Garland looked out of place. Yes, Isaiah Coral looked out of place. And now they're switching guys on and off. And CD Osmond was coming in. I get all of that. But don't say that there's not going to be better things ahead of them. Don't say the ramifications of this series, this puff loss, is going to hurt their trajectory heading into the multiple seasons ahead of them. They're fine. The ownership knows what they're doing. Lawrence Frank knows what he's doing. I'm sorry, not Lawrence Frank. Ah, it's Clippers. Hold on. Who's the... Who's the... I know I'm going to be upset when I look at the GM, because I should know this. Kevlar's GM. Where? Yeah, I'm sorry. Mike Gonzi. No, Gonzi. Gainzi. Gainzi? I don't know, Mike. Big Mike. J-N-S-E-Y. That is his last name. So, Mike G. Mike G over here. Ben Eichert. He's been a general manager. Like, they have a good front office. They have a good coaching staff with, with the helm with the coach being top-notch, in my opinion. He did lead his team to 50 wins. Just saying. The development of some of these players is going very well. Take Evan Mobley, for example. I really? So, we could bash them for this playoff performance, but don't be bashing them for their future and other stuff like that. I think that's highly unnecessary, and that's highly uncalled for. You just took a team that is going to the postseason for the first time in five years, who never played in the postseason before, and it was a little... It was... It, it was... It was not good by any stretch of the imagination, but to consider that it's going to impact our future is silly to say. That's just my feeling on it. Now I'm just one man with opinion. We all have varying opinions. That's great. But... That's my logical conclusion. I don't know if I ever talked to... I don't know if I... On on if I ever talked to someone about this. I, I know I've talked to many people... Over the season... About the Cavaliers. But I don't think about this Puffs series. Excuse me. I'm not too sure. But you know what... Coaches are coming back. That's a great thing. Ty Lue's going to be back. J.B. Bickerstaff's going to be back. Uh, 
Mike Budenholzer, ah, he could be fired. Per Zach Lowe, he has a great podcast, by the way. Per Zach Lowe, league insiders believe Mike Budenholzer could be fired after this disappointing first-round exit. I was going to wait till I looked at the playoffs, uh, puff picture again, talk about the heat. I'm just going to do it now. I want to talk about a man entering God mode. You want to talk about a man that is just so beautiful in the way he plays basketball. You want to talk about a man that is more electrifying than The Rock. You want to talk about a man that willed his team. Talk about Jimmy Buckets. Playoff Buckets. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. But y'all, Jimmy Butler was the man. Nor was he the man. He dominated the bu- uh, the box. Yaz on Kumpo. He was cute this post postseason series. Yeah, he put up cute numbers. 26, 13, 10. Oh, they lost 119 to 114. Oh, 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 so cute. That was was game four. Jimmy Butler, in 41 minutes, had 56 points, 9 rebounds, and 2 assists. How is that not electrifying? I watched that. My man. This supernatural freak in 41 minutes produced 56 points and he only missed 9 shots, 19 of 28, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 block. My man was on a different universe, was in a different dimension. He controlled everything. He was unfazed. It was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. If my man wins a championship, no exaggeration, you can pull up D. Wade, LeBron, you can pull up Lonzo of Morning. I could care less who you bring up. If he wins a championship, he may be the greatest Heat of all time. The greatest Heat player of all time. But my man scored 26 of the 24-26 of the 28 points in the first quarter. But he scored 20-plus points in the first quarter. And then when his team was down and out, they were down by double digits. Down by 10-plus in the fourth quarter. What does my man do? He looks at the ball. And he goes berserk. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he starts laughing. Like, like you know, which is you, because his team was not helping him. There was no one else in that game four that was helping him. It's just him and the Bucks army. He looked around, and he looked at them, and you could just like like in a movie scene. It's about, to, but you know, a big fight's about to go down, and he screams out. It's like you. He's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, hold on, I'm trying, hold on, I'm trying to run this scene. He looks around. 
and and they go. It's like it's like them, the entire team versus him. It's like you and what army? He just looks at the ball, starts laughing. The music just starts going. And you just start seeing him annihilate. He just picks one guy. He keeps going and going and going. And he just enters this rage mode. And he goes, I am the army. <laughs> Do you know how terrifying that would be? That's what he did on game four. That's what he did. It was one of the greatest things ever. Bam all bowed and do crap. K-Love didn't do crap. Gabe didn't do crap. No one did crap. But my man Jimmy Butler willed himself. He went beyond his limits. I had seven minutes. That was probably the longest break. He's like, I don't know why I'm taking a break. He probably didn't want to stop. But he willed his team to a five-point victory. And you're like, oh, that's cool. 56 points. I'm pretty sure he couldn't replicate that. Ha 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 Idiots. He did it once again. An overtime victory. In a game deciding bucket. You should have seen him. In 46 minutes. Upping his minutes. Going all out versus Giannis. Giannis had 38 and 20. He couldn't do anything else. Jimmy Butler had 42 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. My man was on a different planet. Oh. He also had 2 steals and 1 block that game. Jimmy Butler had the help of Bam Bio. 20-10-10. Kalov, 15-12. My man Vincent, 22 Everyone was rising up, and they won by two points to do it in Milwaukee. To send them packing. The Bucks crumbled. It was a 32-16 fourth quarter. The Bucks crumbled. It was an it was just an astonishing failure. It was astronomical. The Bucks failed. It was the greatest thing ever. They lost to an AFC team. They had to go for the playing tournament. And Jimmy Barr laughed. He looked at the trio the Bucks had and he laughed. He dropped, what, 98 points in two games? Really? <laughs> like, he didn't care. He didn't care. He did it by himself. This man's immortal. Understand who we have. Like when I tell you he got loud in that arena. You could just feel the energy. In the Bucks, in the Bucks arena. They knew it was over. They were depleted. They knew their fate was sealed by Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy is him. Buckets. In game four. Just ripped the Bucks hard out. Oh. It was the greatest thing ever. Mike Booneholzer got outcoached by Eric Spolstra. 
Chris Middleton couldn't do anything against Jimmy Butler in the Miami Heat. You failed. The Bucks failed. I want everyone to realize how bad the Bucks failed. Oh, and I watched that game. I watched both games. It was the greatest thing ever. I'm like, I, 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 I had no words. I was gonna turn that game off in game on game four because I'm like, this is this is pointless. This the game's over. Jimmy Butler, he's just playing his heart and soul, and he went deeper than he could ever fathom. Oh, oh, everyone was counting him out. Oh, they were so wrong. I love this team. I love this team. Miami leads 3-1. And what do you do in OT? The Bucks couldn't get a shot off. You couldn't get a shot off. In the final game, you have stupid Grayson Allen who just tries to be a big boy and tries to be somebody he's not. He's a bomb. What does he do? They're all scared to take the final shot. They give him the grace now. He makes a sweet move. He takes a free step, Euro step. He takes a Euro step. And he decides not to take the shot till the buzzer goes off. You idiots. Oh, this is amazing. I just want to say, boys. In that moment, I knew how good I was. I said Miami was going to win in six. They did it better. They won it in five. I predicted the upset. Everyone laughed. From the NBA Pick'em Bracket Challenge, the Milwaukee Bucks were favored 97%. The Lone Wolf, 3%. The free percenters were the free percent. We called it. Now, 0% of you guys said that Miami here were going to win in six. That's fine. Oh, it felt great. Oh, this was amazing. Oh, when the Bucks asked Jimmy Butler, said you and what army? Jimmy Butler replied, I am the army. This is a movie scene. And even though they did not say those quotes, I could just see that one day being a documentary and you just see the greatness unfold. This is the greatest Heat player ever to live. Push away LeBron. Push away D-Wade. Push away old man Shaq. I'm telling you guys, this was special. My bracket's destroyed, but it does not matter. I am happy. I am legit happy. Mike Boonholzer. Mike Boonholzer is a fraud, ladies and gentlemen. He couldn't do anything because I just want y'all to know that OT, an OT, game on the line, series on the line, Game five with one, two seconds to go. Why was the idiot? Why was the aging, balding idiot 
saving a timeout. He wanted the Bucks to fail. Or he's just such an idiot, he doesn't know how many timeouts they have left. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know what's going from his chromodome. I don't know. All I do know is that the raging idiot who got carried by Giannis and Drew Holiday and my guy, Chris Middleton. I'm going to get to Chris Middleton a bit. Don't worry. I'm getting him. He's got some news. I got something to say about him. All I know. All I know. Is that you've been carried. You haven't done anything. You failed this far as a head coach. And the only reason why you are succeeding or you're in a quote-unquote position to succeed or you're quote-unquote successful is because of these three players. Wake up, Mike. Smell the roses, Mike. You're going to get fired, Mike. You can't have this happen to you, Mike. You're supposed to be this top-notch head coach, Mike. What's going on, Mike? Come on, Mike. You didn't do anything, Mike. You failed. You've been a failure. And I don't I don't want to be this critical of Mike Boonholzer, but I've never been a fan of Mike Boonholzer. I said, and people were saying, okay, if the Bucks fail in 2021, he's going to get fired. There's a more likely chance he gets fired. They won a championship. He gets the extension. But in 2022, when you had that exit, you're like, oh, okay, that's devastating. In 2023, here we are. Mike, what you doing, buddy? You can't do anything right, Mike. You want to be like Mike? Be like Mike Jordan. Don't be like Michael Boonholzer. So, I don't see Mike Boonholzer coming back. Go invest in someone else. Maybe Mike D'Antoni. Maybe someone else. There's tons of guys out there. There's tons of people. But you got to move off a mic. You got to move off a big mic. Mike Boonholzer is not the guy. He hasn't been. He got bailed out. I've been saying this 20, since 2021. That if they win a championship, it was not because of Mike Boonholzer. It's because of Giannis and the players around Giannis. It was it was from the big free. Understand that. And there may be controversy, but I know Bucks fans who are not happy about with Mike Boonholzer about the about this situation involving Mike Boonholzer. I respect Milwaukee for winning the championship. I respect Giannis. I respect Drew. I don't respect Grayson Allen. I res- kind of respect Jay. I kind of respect... No, I really respect Chris. Bobby. Brooke. Just, I don't respect Mike Boonholzer. Mike Boonholzer, to me, is a fraud. That's, it's just that simple. It's just that simple. And 
I really just have that to say about Mike Boonholzer. But the Bucks have worse issues, and this deals with Chris Middleton. So the Rockets are interested in Chris Middleton as his future with Milwaukee is uncertain as he's coming off two straight seasons in which he's been limited by injury. The Bucks have little no plan to replace Milton if he leaves in free agency. But they are facing the repeater tax, and that complicates the number of seasons they can comfort offer him. I'm pretty sure he's going to go sign with the Rockets or someone else. He has $40 million right there that he can opt in with the Bucks. Or if he doesn't take that and chose for the extension with the Bucks for like two plus seasons, I just don't see it happening. I think Chris is going to move on. I think the Bucks are going to move on. I think injuries is a big factor. I don't think he could pay a guy with a lot of injury with a rap sheet of injuries. And I, I feel bad for saying that, but I think the Rockets can utilize him more, especially with them talking about trading Jalen Green. I I I I, well, I, mean, I think that was the guy they were talking about. Give me a second. Yeah, the Rockets been discussing the possibility of trading Jalen Green with coaching candidates. Emu Doka could be saying, you know what, let's, let's trade Jalen Green to get an established star. But Jalen Green is very, very good. He keeps improving. I think this would be better for him. He he has been playing more games. He's improving his points, his assists, his rebounds, the minutes being played. So if you want to go flip him, go ahead. A teams will line up. Jalen Green is a very good player. But right now, um the Bucks have a lot to the Bucks have a lot. The Bucks have a lot. The Bucks have a lot to answer, a lot of questions, a lot of internally seeking answers they got to find. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to keep talking about that when we get to our topic of the day. But I want to talk about KD real quick. No, he's not injured. No, nothing bad's happening to him. Actually, it's quite the opposite. It's very good. Very good news. Um, so, Kitty has confirmed this. <coughs> Sorry. This has been confirmed. Kevin Durant has a lifetime deal with Nike. It's confirmed. He is, uh, he is just Nike for life. Nike has, uh, signed KD. He's been, he's been with Nike for forever, but now he's going to be there for eternal uh, he's going to be there eternally. He's going to be there forever. He's a lifetime deal. He's never going away. He can't get out of this. He's stuck with Nike. But that's actually not bad. I'm actually pretty excited. I may get his shoes. I can't wait for Devin Booker's signature, signature shoe to be coming out. I'm excited. I'm going to spend some money and get that. Not lying. Not lying. But getting back to KD. So the lifetime partnership will continue to include footwear, Apparel and a community of philanthropy, philanthropy, 
fucked up. Okay, a community collaboration focused on gra- grassroots basketball. With this deal, really know that with this deal he joins um, Michael Jordan and LeBron James. But I can't say five to pick. If you guys don't already know this about me, I can't pronounce some words. Either it's just some words I can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I cannot pronounce it, but you know what? He's doing great things for their community. The collaboration is going to be there. But I'm excited for Katie. I just want to share that news for you guys. But also, so I want to share. So I really, 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 I really want to share. And this is why I love Matt HBO. He cares about the fans. I've had a conversation with Matt HBO before. It was an email, but I'm happy they responded to me. I... I told you guys the response on the podcast. It was about the season. It was about Kevin Durant. It was a quick conversation, but I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate it for him getting back to me. But I, I, I was there for the introduction of our new owner. I love Matt HBO. He's 1,000 times better than the former owner, Robert Sarver. But I, I'm very, very excited. To say that we're heading in the right right direction. I honestly do believe that we're heading into the right direction. As the Suns are doing things for the fans. He was once a fan. He continues to be a fan. He used to be a basketball player. He continues to have that basketball spirit. As the Suns are moving games off of cable. The free TV and streaming. This is very, very interesting. So starting with their next season, the Phoenix Suns will broadcast their games on free over-their TV, as well as a direct-to-consumer streaming service. Games will be available on local TV in Phoenix, Tucson, and Yuma. And the Suns are partnering with streaming company uh, Kiswe, K-I-S-W-E, on a new platform from Stream Games. This is what Matt HBO had to say about the move and taking care of the fans and the Phoenix community. Quote, we're not focusing on money. We're focusing on winning, success, and taking care of fans, taking care of the community. What happens is you always end up making money. It always works out. We're going to have more fans than ever before. We're going to have more people who have eyeballs on Devin Booker DeAndre and Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and cheer the team on. And more people buy merchandise because they're bigger fans. End quote. And just to give, per the sun, just to give a background, just give a reference to how big we're talking. We're going from 800,000 to potentially more than 2.8 million being able to have more opportunity to have accessible and reliable streaming abilities for Phoenix Suns games. Price has not been made known for the Suns. Price will be 
uh, ruled out soon when it is decided upon by the size by my HP on the crew. But I absolutely love this. Look, like he said, the money, the money's going to be made. And I know there's already going to be millions upon millions that are all going to be lost. Because they're not going for cable. And that was guaranteed money. But I respect Mashpear for saying, you know what? We're bigger than the money. It's not always about making money. It's about making an impact for the community. Care more for the fans. Allow more people to watch the Suns. And to enjoy the greatness and enjoy basketball. Free. Maybe a little bit of money has to go in there. But it's direct to the consumer. We're... I love Mashpia, man. I do. He understands. He's there for the community. He wants to help the community. And when I heard the pillars that he wanted to put into place and what he wanted to be for Phoenix, and he, I, I honestly do love it. I honestly do love it. He wants to be involved. He wants to be involved. That's why one of my dream goals as part of the NBA as continuing to have some influence, right? Small, very small. But just having to say, just have my own opinion, I would love to meet the man once. I love to meet James Jones. I love to meet um, Man HBO. I love this. And I know that sometimes you have to look at the business like, why are you... Taking less money. Sometimes it's not about the money. He's a billionaire. The Suns are always going to be making money. And the money's going to come in once you get more people. And people are going to buy merchandise. Especially if they love fall in love with the team. I, 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 it sometimes, guys, it's just more than the money. It is. It's it's more to the money when you know you can put more smiles on fa- on the faces of many people. When you say, okay, we'll give this to you guys, direct, and, direct to you guys, for free. Now, come on, why wouldn't you want to do that? For more than 2.8 million people that have the chance, it's more accessible, it's, it's more reliable, it's there. I don't know, guys. I, I'm falling. I'm falling in love with Matt HP. I, I really am. I, I like the guy. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Phoenix Suns fan. Trust me. I've I've said a lot about Robert Sarver. I, I did a deep dive on Robert Sarver. I I've interviewed. I interviewed people about Robert Sarver. I went deep into it. I. Part of me liked Robert Sarver for some of the moves he did. And a lot of part of me did not like the person that Robert Sarver was. Or what he did as a business person either. So, there's no bias here because I'm a fan of that team. Of this particular team. I just genuinely like the Phoenix Suns owner, Mashpia. I do. I, I genuinely do. I, I really do. I'm, I'm being honest. This is the realest I can be. This isn't me just saying this to say. This has come from my heart that I can't wait to see this next season. 
is going to hurt me. That's not going to be on Bally Sports. I've been watching Bally Sports for a couple of seasons now. But you know what? This is to strengthen the basketball community. This is going to strengthen the ability to make it more accessible and easier for people to watch these games. Whether you're a fan of WNBA or the NBA, you're going to be able to watch the Phoenix Mercury or the Phoenix Suns. And I believe this is a great opportunity. I'm happy that we're putting the money aside. Because some things are just bigger than the money. And when you know that you're going to have more than $2.8 million coming in, or potentially coming in, and you're going to be hitting over a million than what was originally just 800000 you're going to be able to make a lot more money. You're going to be able to make money. At least in my opinion. So I am very, very excited for this. I'm very, very excited for this. And I believe this is going to be a game changer, a trendsetter. I believe this is going to shape the way media is going to be watched, games could be watched. We're targeting a younger audience here who may or who may ha- may not have television. We're moving away from cable, guys. That's the honest truth. It's the honest truth. That's the honest truth. And finally, guys, we have Anthony Edwards. I should have I should have done Anthony Edwards first and ended with the Suns new streaming service. So the Anthony Edwards news, this is gonna get really tricky, tricky, tricky. So Anthony Edwards was cited for Third-degree assault after he allegedly swung a chair that struck two employees following the Minnesota Timberwolves Game 5 loss at the Denver Nuggets. Neither employee... So, the two employees that struck, none of their injuries were serious. None of them. I just want to let you guys know that a third degree assault is a class one misdemeanor in the state of Colorado and is defined as, quote, knowingly or recklessly, end quote, causing bodily harm. If convicted, Edwards faces possible jail time and a fine up to $1,000. So most likely he's not going to get the jail time. Rarely do we see jail time given to athletes. For these types of things. But a fine up to a thousand. It's probably going to cost him a thousand. But a thousand to Anthony Edwards. It's like a dollar. Right? But. The incident did occur. As Edwards headed towards the locker room. Wolves locker room. After the loss. And he swung a folding chair. This is what the Wolves said in a statement. At least Wednesday night. Quote, we are aware of the alleged incident regarding Anthony Edwards following Game 5 in Denver and are in the process of gathering more information. We have no further comment at this moment. End quote. And no one really thought they were going to have like this in-depth tell-all comment, right? No one, no one really thought about that. And I'm going to see in other headlines right now if... No, there's nothing news. Like, Anthony Edwards' lawyer... He calls the assault charges baseless. Chair was in the way. 
Harvey Steinberg, the attorney for Edwards, issued a statement Thursday through the Timberwolves that criticized the Denver Police Department's decision to inexplicably charge Edwards after Game 5. Quote, with the game over, Anthony's exit from the court was partially obstructed by a chair, which he moved to set down three steps later. As the video of the incident confirms, Anthony did not swing the chair at anyone and of course did not intend to hurt anyone. Anthony needs to vigorously defend against these baseless, baseless charges. End quote. Yeah, so this is going to be interesting. And why does all this stuff happen in Denver? We have the John Moran situation that happened in Denver, Colorado, and now we have this. It's like Las Vegas, but Denver. I don't know if it's the right thing to say or not, but that's what I'm going with right now. Oh, man. Oh, absolute craziness. I really have nothing to comment on. I have no information, so it would be kind of silly for me to speculate on this matter. I do not have any of the other facts. I have no opinion. I, I have nothing really to go off of besides what the lawyers said, what the footage have said, or told us, or shown us, whatever. And just all the basic information that you and I both know. So I just have to be honest with y'all that I, I can't comment on anything else. And I'm now just going to move on to the updated look at the postseason. That's the last thing I have in breaking news around the league. I want to get to that. If I have some more to say about Anthony Edwards and there's stuff that comes out, I definitely let you guys know because this is an ongoing matter. But until then, I'm not going to go deep into speculation, right? I'm trying to find an updated map. Here we go, guys. Here we go. So, here's an updated look at the postseason. Nuggets will be taking on the Suns. That will be going on tonight. And then we have Lakers either taking on the Kings or Wa Kings or Warriors. The Kings dominated in that game, which was incredible to see. Absolutely incredible to see. But... Game 7, it's going to be in Sacramento. It's going to be very, very interesting, but the Lakers will be taking on the Kings or the Warriors. I'm still having the Kings in 7. The 76ers will be taking on the Celtics, and the Heat will be taking on the Knicks. With the Cavaliers no longer being in postseason contention for the Finals being Finals bound as I had it. I'm now putting the Celtics in. And I have it being the Suns versus Celtics. I think that'll be very fun. JB and JT versus D-Book and KD. I think that'll be really, really, really fun. I I would love that. I would honestly love that. That would be really fun to me. I don't know. That's just, that's just me though. 
That's just me. That's the updated look. And of course, when Monday comes around and we're after Game 7 of the Kings-Warriors series, we're after Game 1 the Nuggets-Suns with the Heat Knicks and 76ers-Celtics, I'm going to keep breaking this down. But for now, here's just the basic entry. Nothing too fancy. Update a look at the postseason. Everything's set. We're getting ready to go. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. Craziness. So guys, before I wrap up today's podcast episode, I do want to get to the biggest news. The biggest, biggest, biggest news. That mm, it's not the biggest news, but it's been trendy. It's been trendy, and I think it's something we have to talk about. I'm not gonna lie, I think we have to talk about this. It's the Bucks. So where do the Bucks go from here? I get what Giannis is saying about this season. It's not a quote unquote failure. Or that he brought Michael Jordan's 15 years, and even though he won only 16 champ, 15 of the six championships, were the other nine seasons a failure. I get, I get where he's going, but look, this has been tough. Ever since you've won the championship, it's been downhill. You lost to an eighth-seeded team, and I get that it was Jimmy Butler in the Heat, but real talk, real talk, real quick, that's pretty bad, especially as, um. Arguably one of the best teams in the entire NBA. Right? As one of the best teams in the entire NBA. I think you could make the argument that they were the best team. It really would have been between record-wise, just how it all played out, the Nuggets that were in contention against them. I think we're going to be seeing some roster changes. I think we're going to see some roster changes. I think Chris, I think Chris Middleton's going to walk. I think he's going to go to a different team. Will it be the Houston Rockets? I don't know. We're about to find out. Once I get more information on that, I will definitely let you guys know. But as of right now, I have no new information. But the Bucks, they're proven just to be a fluky finals champion. That have just been known as a regular season dominant team. And I've been saying this since 2020 and beyond. So this is not new. This is not me just saying this to say. I appreciate them winning the championship in 2021. I can respect it. It's cool. I can't take anything away from that championship. But to say, okay, we won a championship. It it shouldn't be going like this. I, I, there's no good excuse. It shouldn't be going like this. I think the biggest changes are going to be Mike Boonholzer is going to be gone. Mike Boonholzer is going to be gone. You try your luck with a different coach, maybe Mike D'Antoni. D'Antoni. Maybe Kevin Young. Maybe someone. Maybe someone different. I know Emi Udoka already went there, but you could try to get Nick Nurse. Maybe you could try to get Nick Nurse. 
Who knows? Who knows? But there's a lot of coaches out there. There are a lot of coaches you could try to get. That's undeniable. But I um it's gonna be interesting. I there's no good news I can give you guys. There's no hope I can give you guys. I'm sorry. Um the Bucks are gonna be a team that's gonna be different. Maybe it'll be a piece, maybe two pieces, but they need a stronger team. They need better defense. Brogopez served his purpose, his purpose, but it's not gonna cut it. Giannis served his purpose, but not gonna cut it. It worked for 2021. It's not gonna work for 2024. These past two seasons have shown it. Um We're heading into a dark time with the Milwaukee Bucks. I honestly do believe that. The same I've been saying this for a while now. Same could be said for the Toronto Raptors. There's just certain teams that are gonna be hitting some dark times. Some rough patches. The Bucks will be having a different coach, different coaching staff. Front office will remain the same, I believe, but coaches staff will be different. Players will be different. Giannis has to believe in something. Imagine if he left. Just saying. His contract expires. Dries up in a couple of seasons. He wants to leave. Still have a championship. It's going to be love in Milwaukee for forever. But there, there's no good news I can give you guys. There's nothing reinsuring I can give you guys. The Bucks are very concerned right now. And there's going to be a lot of internal questions and answers that need to be out in the open. Now, I don't mean publicly, but I, believe, I mean in the inner circles in the circles that the Bucks have established. You need to talk about coaching. You need to talk about the players. You need to talk about your goals. I'm not saying they're going to hit. Uh, I don't think they're going to go full rebuild mode. I'm not applying that. But I think they're going to take next season. I think they're going to take this off season and try to make a push for the NBA Finals. But don't expect them to be winning 60 games. With the changes that they make. Don't expect them to be winning 55 games. They could be winning 40 to 50 games next season. But they're not going to be the number one C team. It, it, it was a disappointment. It was embarrassing. It was an embarrassment. To see how they went out the way they did. Just plain and simple. So. That's all I really have to say. But get ready, guys. Players are going to be different. Coach is going to be different. The way this team goes and what happens is going to be different. Things are going to be different. I can't stress that enough. So, guys, with that being said, this is all I have for today's podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Thank you for going through all my passionate 
and rage uh, segments in today's podcast episode. I was not expecting to have all of that. I apologize again if that was a little bit over the top, but sometimes it has to be that way. Anyways, guys, this is all I got for today's podcast episode. I'll see y'all on Monday. Yeah, 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 I'll see y'all Monday. So, yeah, guys, I'll see you after game seven, game one, multiple series. I can't wait. This is going to be fun. I'll see y'all. Peace out. Ah! Ah! Ah!